0: Welcome back everyone to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast here for another week as the uh, Wisconsin Badgers gear up for what should be a really interesting game against uh, Michigan as they uh, the Badgers head back out on the road to uh, take on the Wolverines at uh, Michigan Stadium I'm joined once again by John McNamara the publisher of BadgerBlitz.com uh, if you don't know, uh, if you don't know me, I'm John Veldheis, senior writer for BadgerBlitz.com. Uh, John, how you doing? We we're just talking uh, about uh, having a lot of. There's been a lot of stuff going up on the site over the last week. It's been been an interesting week uh, as the Badgers kind of uh, get ready for you know what looks like their biggest test of the season. Uh, I mean, I guess why don't we just kind of dive into things right away? I mean, like, what, how are you feeling about this game coming after Wisconsin's win over uh, Nebraska last
1: week? Yeah, you know, Michigan, um, I, you know, after Nebraska, I, you know, I guess I kind of feel like uh, I know who Wisconsin is at this point um, after that Nebraska game. And, you know, I don't think Nebraska did a whole lot to, like, change my opinion, but I think it, it solidified a lot of things. Um, you know, for me, you know, I, I think first for the first thing that I can take away from Nebraska, you know, a lot of fans were, were pretty upset with the win. Um, I, I think a lot of people wanted to to beat an undefeated, or I should say a, a defeated, a, a winless Nebraska <laughs> team by you know 40 or 50 points or something like that. and um you know when they didn't, I think a lot of people were upset. Um, you know Nebraska, you know their defense isn't good, but I think their offense is is decent. I mean they they can move the ball and they can score points. Um, their quarterback is a guy who can beat you with his arm and his legs. so I, you know i thought I thought Wisconsin played you know, a, a, a decent game, a, you know, a pretty good game. They, they certainly weren't great on either side of the ball. But, um, you know, specifically on the defensive end or defensive side of the ball, um, you know, Wisconsin, they're, they're just not getting a pass rush. And, I you know, I wrote about it in our, you know, curious, confident, and uh, concerned feature. I think that was my concern is that Wisconsin's just not generating the sacks. I think they have five sacks in five games you know, that's like 118th in the country, um, you know, specifically from that defensive line position, you know, they're not getting much from their defensive ends. And then, you know, Isaiah is going to be out against Michigan. And, you know, you combine that with a young and inexperienced secondary, and it's just, it's not a good recipe for success on the defensive side of the ball. And Wisconsin, you know, has been used to having those those dynamic outside linebackers that make plays. And, um, you know, Andrew Van Ginkle is your best pass rusher, but he, he's been hurt. And, Zach Bond's been good, but you know, he's not a guy that's been getting into the backfield. So uh, you know, I think that's an issue. and I you know I don't think that's something that you know is, is gonna get i don't I don't think it could be fixed. You know, I think it's it this defense is kind of it is what it is. And I think maybe that's my biggest takeaway after the Nebraska game is that um I, I think this is this is what we can expect uh, for the remainder of the season. i don't I don't see a whole lot changing unless Van Ginkle, you know, comes back. And you know he's 100 percent healthy, and he really gives you some sort of a huge boost. I, you know, I, I think he's a, a great player. I just I don't know that he can really by himself change a whole lot on his end.
0: Yeah, I think uh, that's a good point about the the defense being in a spot where you know, other than you know what you would expect of younger guys to just kind of gradually um, you know progress as the as the season goes along. I just I don't I don't know that there's um, there doesn't seem to be any, any uh, uh, reinforcements along the way. I mean, like you, in the, in the early season, you could kind of, you know, look at us it, like, well, you know, Isaiah Loudermilk will come back at some, at some point before um, the big 10 season. And uh, you know, it's, it's going to take some time for the young uh, guys on the defensive line to, uh, to kind of get their feet wet and get adjusted. But yeah, at this point, for one thing, you know, with Loudermilk out for this week, I mean, he's kind of the one guy that, you know, you could kind of rely on to uh, generate a little bit of that pass rush, and I think he had been on the field as uh, part of the the team's uh, kind of two-four-five um, you know, nickel package, just to uh, to kind of rush the passer and also, you know, have an extra uh, coverage guy out there in, in the secondary. And so that's that's a hole that you need to replace, and then. You know, with the um, the injuries at corner, I think is uh, is something that's definitely concerning for this week. Um, you know, both uh, Caesar Williams and uh, Daron Harrell were listed as questionable today in, in Wisconsin's updated uh, updated injury report. Sounds like they're going to be game time decisions, and have done a little bit this week. Uh, Badgers are kind of um, you know playing it safe and uh, t- kind of testing both of them, and along with Van Ginkle, but Van Ginkle's been listed his questionable for the last couple of weeks he's, he's ended up playing and has kind of gradually taken on, you know, more of a, more of a workload over the last couple of weeks. So I feel pretty confident about him um, playing this week, but you know, if you're without uh, Caesar Williams and Duran Harrell again, um, then you're basically down to, you know, Fayon Hicks um you know, playing on one at one corner spot, and then you know, it sounds like it would be uh, Rashad Wildgoose again, who uh, kind of came in for the Nebraska game in relief of Dron Harrell after he left with that head injury, and uh, played most of the game out there. And he, I think he he was fine in that game, but you know, this is uh, in a a Wisconsin secondary that is already uh, going to be playing without um, Scott Nelson for the first half after he was ejected for targeting in the second half of the Nebraska game. I mean, I feel like it's it's not a very good combination for uh t- for success to stop what what has been a uh a revitalized i think of michigan offense i don't i don't know that they've been gr- i wouldn't say they've been great but they've been good and they they're, they're better than they were last year now that shea patterson is under center for them instead of kind of the the rotating door that they had a quarterback over the last uh during last season so you know it, you combine a thin secondary with a a defensive line and uh, some outside linebackers that are, you know, parts banged up and parts, you know, um, unable to kind of get after the passer. It's, uh, I think it's going to be a a challenge for the Badgers to stop Michigan consistently. And so you're going to, if the Badgers are going to win this game, I feel like it's going to have to be you know, kind of a shootout where their offense really um, rises, rises to the occasion. But, you know, the other part of that is they're going to be going up against a,
1: a Michigan defense that's probably the best defense they'll play this season. Right, and that that's what I was going to – you know, I, I don't want to get too hot takey. You know, I, I just think Wisconsin is just really going to struggle against, you know, defending Michigan. Um, you know, a lot of things that you mentioned, you know, Laudermilk being out, uh, Van Ginkle not being 100%, you know, and Scott Nelson the, in that back end. You know, he, Nelson's been up and down, but, you know, he's – He's he's clearly a, a better player than in Eric Burrell, and if you have to go beyond that, I don't know where you go at safety. To be honest with you, you know Burrell's a guy that they, uh, you know, he's probably a better tackler. Um, you know that might be a better asset than his ability and coverage. You know they play him in some yeah. goal line stuff, and I just I just think that he'll, you know, Michigan it has good receivers too. Um, so, right? You know, God, I like just Peebles Jones is a
0: is a pretty good uh, pretty good <clears throat>
1: right and you, you mentioned wild goose and he actually graded out pretty well according to pro football focus i think that you know he's going to be a, a guy you know probably you know moving forward that's going to burn that red shirt uh, i think he'll probably play the rest of the year but you know I, I i agree with you john in that you know wisconsin's offense if if they're going to win this game it's it's going to have to be most likely in a in a shootout fashion where you know michigan strikes and then wisconsin strikes and you know back and forth and back and forth and then you know, maybe whoever has the ball at the end, you know, it has a chance to kind of come out on top in that game. So, um, but like you mentioned too, John, I mean, that that's a great defense that they're up against. Um, I think they're, you know, they're not going to be able to just stack the box and say, hey, look, you know, hopefully Jonathan Taylor breaks one off. I think they're going to have to get a little bit more creative in what they do. I think Alex Hornerbrook is going to have to make plays. The receivers are going to have to, you know, play better than they have with you know Danny Davis and Cephas and AJ Taylor and. Uh, you know, Jake Ferguson. You know, is going to have to be another guy in that in that receiving game who has another big night. So I think if Wisconsin does, you know, I want to say to have a chance. You know, I mean, Wisconsin's a good team. You know, they're not right. going to go out there and, and get embarrassed or anything like that. But if Wisconsin's going to win this game, I, I think that offense has to has to be huge on Saturday night.
0: Yeah, I'm curious to see, in particular, how their their offensive line um, stacks up against. Uh, michigan's front seven because they have i, I think you can make the case that they have probably the best uh pair of defensive ends uh, in at least the big 10 uh with uh rashad gary uh, rashad gary and uh chase uh i always forget how to pronounce it. i think it's w- winovich uh but i mean like that sounds uh, right the, the the duo they have there is is pretty darn <laughs> good kind of, uh you know however you pronounce it and uh wisconsin's offensive line you know, I think they've actually they've I think they've played um, you know pretty well this season, uh, and I think uh, in particular you know getting I think some really good play out of Colvin Lannon has has helped that uh, at left tackle when he's been in there. But um, you know, th- this is a this is a group that you know people were kind of touting as um, the. Uh, a group that could be the best offensive line in the country uh, and one that would have a chance to, you know, potentially be the best that, you know, Wisconsin has had uh, in their you know, recent program history. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think that that's impossible. I think they've played really well in particular, you know, like I mentioned, Van Lannen, but also um Vyadish and uh, uh, Bo Benchwall, I, I think in particular have, play, have played really well, but to, I think to earn that, um, that title or to be in the discussion for being the best offensive line in the country, or to be, you know, one of the best offensive lines in program history, they're really going to have to play well against this, uh, this Michigan front seven, that's going to, you know, try and do whatever they can to, uh, not only shut down, uh, Jonathan Taylor and close off some running lanes, but to, uh, put, uh, Alex Hornibrook on his back as many times as they can.
1: Right. And I, I would definitely agree with that. And, you know this this is their opportunity you know if they if they want to be in that conversation and yeah, that's it, tough to speak to i mean i you know you and i john we we follow the the wisconsin badgers very closely but i, I can't speak to you know who's their competition for you know the the top offensive line in the country you know you, you go off a of pro football focus and and stuff like that but you know, it's it's a it's a veteran group with a lot of guys who who have played a lot of football at wisconsin and um, you know they they have an opportunity this week to to go out and show and or to prove. You know I don't think they go into anything thinking like they you know an urgency to prove themselves to anyone. But you know if if there's a big opportunity in front of them, it's certainly against Michigan um, because you know I, as dynamic as Jonathan Taylor is, he he needs some holes to run through. And uh, like you mentioned, John, they they have to keep Alex Hornbrook clean. And at the same time, you know, I think Hornebrook has been good this year. I don't want to sound like I'm criticizing him, but you know, a few of those sacks, and there haven't been many that they gave up. A few of them have been when Hornerbrook should have probably got rid of the ball a second or two prior to you know the you know the defender coming in there, or sometimes yeah. he, he seems to want to scramble. But I think he might be less mobile than Joel Stave is. I just <laughs> think that he needs to. You know, feel that pressure and throw the ball out of bounds because you know there's a few times he tries to tuck it away and it's just it's just not something that he's he's probably able to do. So, um, big opportunity for the offensive line. I mean, big opportunity for this whole football team. You know, if if they come out and they they beat Michigan, you know, talking about the playoffs again, I think is realistic. You know, that kind of puts them back on on pace there. Uh, yeah. If they if they were to lose, then I that I think that's completely out of the picture. Then, but. At the same time, you know, there's a real, real good chance, even if they do lose, that they they still can come out of the West. So, um, yeah, you know, like I said, big opportunity in front of them for for a handful of reasons.
0: Yeah, uh, we in, you're talking about Alex Hornerbuck The the thing that I think about when I watch some of those reps where you know it looks like he's he's holding on to the ball for for too long or something like that. It don't it almost seems to me like he reminds me of some pro quarterbacks where they in holding on for the in holding on to the ball for so long it's because they it's not not necessarily an indecision thing it's more of a they're just trying to see if they can wait an extra second for somebody to come open and that like that that's what strikes me about hornbrook when he holds on to the ball it's like he's just he's holding on waiting to see if somebody can kind of shake off their defender and you know maybe that's why he's uh you know, maybe a a little hesitant to, you know, throw the ball away and kind of uh, reset for another down. Uh, And so that's definitely an area where I think he could, uh, you know, take a step forward, but I've been, you know, other than a couple throws here and there that, you know, have been um, ill-advised or, you know, somebody hasn't been able to make a play on him. I think he's played really well uh, this season. And one thing I think the Badgers have going for them is that he's been very consistent um, on the road uh, and has played very well for them on the road in the last couple of road games you know obviously he had hit, uh, his uh, um, game-winning drive against Iowa earlier this season and then you go back to last year uh, he had he put up some pretty good numbers on the road so that's that's at least a positive sign I mean this is a team that um, you know, I think they have a good idea of what they need to do to be well prepared for these games that are going to be in in tough environments that are away from Camp Randall I mean the Badgers are Fifteen and one in true road games uh, under Paul Crist, but you know that one loss is the uh, the fourteen to seven loss to Michigan uh, in 2016 from a couple of years ago. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see if uh, this is the year where the Badgers can uh, kind of make up for that uh, that loss. Um, you know, from a couple of years ago, I, I don't, I don't know that I can predict that uh, that that's going to happen. Just, just from an injury standpoint, I think it's going to be challenging for them. Um, but uh, I, I guess I'm curious to get your, get your take on a, on a score prediction for this one.
1: Uh, well, I mean, one more point on Hornerbrook because I'm looking at it now, and he's he grades out as a 92 in in pro fo- football focuses pass summary category, and that I mean. That's really good. It's right. I think that would su- surprise a lot of a lot of his critics. Um, you know, he's, he is having a good season. Um, seven touchdowns to just two interceptions, and the interception was his, uh, I guess, big bugaboo last season. Um, he's cut those down. Uh, he has he had one big head scratcher interception. Was that against BYU? I think it was. Yeah. So I mean, other than that, I think he's been good. But uh, you know, in terms of a score, it just <clears throat> I don't know. I, I feel like I might be getting caught up in the moment here with, with injuries and then you those injuries make Michigan look a whole lot better, but um I think I'm gonna trust Vegas on this one. I think the line right now is nine and a half. You know, I I, I think this is probably a, a somewhere for you know, in the ten point victory vicinity for for Michigan. Um I mean, I'll go twenty seven to seventeen in favor of Michigan Saturday night. Yeah, I think I did um I think I did twenty
0: four fourteen uh, in the uh, the Q and A that I did with our our Michigan site uh, over on the uh, the the Rivals Network, the the Wolverine uh, So I think I'll stick with that. Um, I could see it being more than ten points if if um, you know the badges are really thin at uh, at corner and you know Michigan is able to kind of pick on those uh, the the younger guys in the secondary a little bit, but I think. Um, the, I think the Badgers will find a way to kind of you know keep it competitive for for a little while, but uh, it's it's just the depth that uh, concerns me for this um, in the in the long run. I mean, if the, if the Badgers were healthy, I would I would feel a little bit more comfortable saying that they would cover uh, at least. Um, but you know, and you know, it's, it's like you said, maybe it's. You know, from getting that injury report uh, earlier today, and seeing those guys that are game time decisions, and seeing that they'll have to be without Isaiah Loudermilk. But uh, I think this this is one where I think the Badgers could score the upset, but I don't I don't think that I'm uh, going to predict it. So I guess we'll just kind of have to see how that plays out on Saturday.
1: When when is the last time that Wisconsin's been? you know, this much of a dog in a, in a regular season. I, can,
0: I can't remember. It's, it's I mean, because they, I I think they were favored in every game last year. Um, so yeah, it, right. it, it must've been, um, one of their 2016 games. Uh, maybe the, uh, maybe the Ohio state game where they hosted, uh, the, the Buckeyes at camp Randall. I'd have to go back and check, but yeah, it's, it's been a while for a regular season. Um, you know, uh, a regular season game where the Badgers have been underdogs for sure.
1: Right? Yeah, it's just it's it's an odd feeling going in this one because like I think you like you mentioned John last year they were favored in every game that they played even with the exception of the Big Ten title game. So right. Well,
0: um, why don't we uh, kind of wrap things up uh, today with uh, some um, recruiting uh, talk. Everybody loves recruiting. Badgers had a big uh, recruiting weekend, hosted a lot of kids uh, for the, the Nebraska game last weekend. So, John, why don't you uh, kind of break down the, the big news from that weekend and uh, kind of give us a state of play for uh, where we're at right now.
1: Right, yeah. So, I, with a big – you know, Wisconsin's biggest recruiting weekend – uh, or at least how they, you know, they planned it, you know, was this past weekend they had uh, a ton of guys on campus and um, we've had a ton of content up on the site uh, throughout the week. And, um, you know, it started with Clay Condiff. Um, he took an official visit to Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin was able to flip him on Sunday night. You know, that was, uh, you know, pretty uh, – I think that was something that, you know, certainly I anticipated and we talked about it on the message board, but probably a lot of other people did as well. Um, he was committed to Kansas, but Wisconsin was able to flip his commitment on Sunday night. So he'll be Wisconsin's second tight end, which is definitely a position of need in this twenty nineteen class, for, uh, along with Hayden Rucci. And then the following night on a Monday night, one that was uh, you know not expected, at least this early in the process, was was Dylan Baird, a, th- a three star kid from Illinois in the twenty twenty class, uh, who committed to Wisconsin uh, over a lot of you know the the, the top programs in the Midwest and. I think had his recruitment uh, continued on uh, some more high profile schools from, from maybe the West and East coast or yeah, the East coast would have probably got involved with them. Um, So, you know, he ended up committing Monday night and he'll join a class that already includes Jack Nelson and, and Trey Wettig, the two in-state offensive tackles. Uh, Dylan Bear uh, projects best as, as an interior guy. So um, he'll, he'll kind of complement those two well. So, uh, three commitments for Wisconsin the 2020 class, and they're all from projected offensive linemen. Uh, we have stories, you know, on those guys. Uh, you know, commitment impact pieces. I talked to both of their head coaches as well. So a lot of good stuff uh, from those two guys, and, and you know, a ton of content on the site right now from them. Uh, just a you know a few hours ago, Wisconsin lost out on Jared Casey, the four-star linebacker from Kentucky. He ended up uh, committing to Oregon. He was also on campus this past weekend for his official visit. Um, and then, you know, with with the dust kind of settling or, you know, things calming down a little bit, you look at that 2019 class, you look at the needs still for Wisconsin. And I think you can kind of cross off tight end now unless something, you know, big pops up, you know, in the next couple months or so that's unforeseen. Um, you know, I, I think you need probably two more uh, defensive linemen. You know, you look at Rodas Johnson is his – is maybe the top target moving forward now, uh, the four-star kid from, from Ohio. Um, you know, I think Wisconsin needs two more offensive linemen as well uh, to join Logan Brown and Joe Tippman, but um, they could maybe get away with, with one. And um, Bryce Benhart's the, the top uh, target there for them. Uh, he has been for a while. He's, he's looking at a handful of schools still. Wisconsin, Nebraska seem to be the top two. Um, you know, with with Casey going elsewhere, uh, you know you're probably looking at at least one more uh, outside linebacker, but potentially another inside linebacker as well. Uh, they had Skylar Myers on campus this past weekend uh, for an unofficial visit. Uh, you know, with with Myers going, or I'm sorry, with Casey going elsewhere, maybe Myers gets that offer. So, um, you know, there's you know 14 commits right now. I can see as maybe as many as five more. In that 2019 class, so I think there's a there's still a lot of work left to do, and it'll be interesting to see who the staff gets on campus for official visits uh, for the remainder of the fall. All right. Well, obviously, uh, everyone should uh, stay tuned to
0: uh, blitz.com for more recruiting info and news as uh, stuff breaks out. Uh, well, it's uh, it feels like uh, there's still some uh, some guys that the Badgers can go out there and get for this recruiting class. Do you think that, uh, I guess one thing that I'm curious about, do you think that the Badgers will kind of do the same um, uh, end to the recruiting cycle that they did last year with the new early signing period? Are you thinking that most of the guys that are committed will end up uh, just, you know, doing the same thing and signing their letters of intent early still?
1: Yeah. So that was, um, it's funny you brought that up, but you know, I, I did a story because last year, like you mentioned, was the first year that they could sign early. And, um, I talked to a lot of the guys and and most of them were saying, yeah, I'm definitely going to sign in December. I have, uh, no reason to. And a couple of the guys were saying that they were going to sign in February. Uh, but, uh, when everything, you know, went down in December, all those kids ended up signing. So, um, and then I don't know who it was from the staff, but, you know, there are a lot of interviews on that signing day and they, they basically said, look, if, if you don't sign in, in, December, we're moving forward. So, you know, if you, if you don't sign, uh, there must be a reason why if you don't sign as you're, you know, being a committed kid, there must be a reason why. So we will absolutely move forward at your position if we, if we need to. Um, so we're, we'll consider you uncommitted at that point. So, um, it wasn't an issue last year. Uh, all those guys that they had committed at the time uh, ended up signing. I mean, it was really quiet signing day for them. I would expect, you know, the same thing from, from this group. You know, you look at the 14 guys that they have right now, um, you know, a- anything can happen, obviously, especially once you get, you know, uh, into late November and in December. But, you know, I would expect all those guys to, to sign in, in December. Um, I would expect, you know, all those guys to still be committed. So, um I'm predicting no drama, but, you know, I've been along, you know, too long to doing this to know that uh, anything is possible.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, it's good to know. Well, uh, just for reference, uh, I I looked it up um, so we we could uh, get this on the record. The last time the Badgers were a, I, um, Underdog in a regular season uh, Big Ten game was that 2016 uh, game where they hosted Ohio State. They were 10.5-point underdogs, ended up going to overtime, lost by seven. So we'll see if the, if the, the this week's game against Michigan pans out anywhere close to that. But uh, I think that's all we've got here for this week's edition of the uh, the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. So uh, once again, want to thank
1: you for listening, and we will talk to you next week.